0: 7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Somusiya.
1: Now, friends, before I, I tell you who is going to be in the finals, <laughs> I think we've got to pay a wonderful tribute to the man to whom we owe all of this. He is in Johannesburg. And if we make a loud enough noise, he will hear us. And so we say, Hala la Nelson Mandela! Viva Madiba! Hala la Holy Shasta. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's unbelievable. I'm dreaming man I'm dreaming Wake me up Wake me up Oh what a lovely dream Yeah 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 Africa is the cradle of humanity So we welcome you home All of you single one of you we are all africans we are all africans oh ho, 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 ho. and now for the games we are going to see a wonderful film about this fantastic man matiba matiba
2: Good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us on SAFM Spot On with me, Tabi Musia, Katlego Mudiba and Timothy producing the show, and Sylvester Komane is in technical. Well, after that opening clip from The Arch, no guessing what the show is about tonight. Only one story dominating the headlines, and rightly so. The start of the 2010 FIFA World Cup 10 years ago. To this day, I think by now we've already seen Bafana Bafana draw 1-1 with uh, Mexico because that game kicked off at 4. And uh, the Archbishop Desmond Tutu was speaking the day before and at that concert in Orlando there where all these big artists from around the world were performing and he made that speech that we will never uh, forget there. The Arch welcoming everybody to our beautiful country, which is South Africa. I know a lot of people are asking, what exactly are we celebrating today? It's a good question because Bafana Bafana did not get out of the group stages, even though they did beat France, the first host nation, not to make it out of the group stages. But I think we have to celebrate South Africa making history by being the first African country to host a football world cup. And it is worth celebrating by a country mile. And also Bafana Bafana, I'm I'm not sure if people had expectations of the team actually winning the tournament. I mean, that was impossible. Uh, You could tell that Bafana would never get out of that group. And I think they did relatively well under the circumstances and considering the squad. I mean, they beat France, they drew with Mexico and they lost to Uruguay. So I think it's worth highlighting and it's worth celebrating even though they didn't get out of the group. But surely, surely there were no expectations for Bafana Bafana to get out of the group let alone go and win the World Cup there. So we have to celebrate 2010 World Cup. And tonight on the show, we're going to hear from members of that Bafana Bafana squad from the team doctor who talks about some of the decisions that they had to make prior to the tournament leaving out Andy Le leaving out Benny McCarthy to the captain himself, Aaron Mukweena to kill Akatikia who could have won it against mexico right at the end there we had that shot and he hit the post and we'll also speak to ayeye rinnelli who was involved in the build-up to that goal by superior Chabalala. and we also want to look at the team that was picked for the game look at the starting lineup through the eyes of former SABC anchor walter <laughs> Mucuena, who anchored most of the matches during the 2010 FIFA World Cup right here on SABC Sport, including the opening game and the final. You can send us your voice notes. Uh, we're not even going to ask you where were you at that time because I think you've heard that the whole day and every radio station or every TV station. But you can just send us any questions you might have for uh, Aaron Mukwena. Maybe why was he the one left behind there in that free kick when Mexico equalized? Because if you he, he does say up, and then everybody goes, but he stays. Mbazo. Hey. Maybe if you want to speak to Kilampela, could he have connected better that last minute against Mexico? Uh, you can send through those voice notes there. Renelo Elitolonya, I looked at that midfield. There were three boys from Soweto. Super Chabalala. Yeah, yeah. Tiko Hey, that's worth noting also. So there will be plenty to talk about tonight on SAFM Spot On. And uh, you can send those voice notes to 061 4104 107. Or you can SMS us 41391. Or you can call us on 0891 104 207. For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia, weekdays at 7 p.m. By the way, I think it's worth noting that I'm wearing my Bafana Bafana jersey just for the sake of it, just remembering Football Friday. It does start tomorrow again. SABC's Sports' new campaign, Football Friday, encouraging everybody to wear their football jerseys from tomorrow as we celebrate the month-long FIFA World Cup in 2010. But let's hear from the team doctor first at the time. The man that was uh, the medical expert for Bafana Bafana, 09 Confed Cup, he was there. 2010 World Cup, he was there. He's also gone to the 2008 uh, Olympic Games in uh, Beijing with Saskok. That's uh, Dr. Ifra better known as Dr. Humbu Humbulani, and I began by asking Dr. Humbu about some of the big decisions that they had to make prior to the tournament.
3: Oh, they were marvel to to work with, uh, not only the Brazilians, but also Pito Musimane. Mm. Uh, I mean, we we're very close. Uh, we are still very close today. Uh, you know, there were when when it was time to work, we'll work very hard. But when it was time to have fun, we'll have fun you will remember that during some training sessions, uh, there will be a kettle uh, by the touchline mm. at the stadium, and uh, the coaches will be having coffee while the team was training. And uh, talking about uh, uh, having fun and uh, getting down to business when it was uh, time to do so, mm. I, will, I remember we're having a training session at the Chatsworth Stadium. Uh, if you know Chatsworth Stadium, the, the bus will stop behind the dressing rooms, and uh, for us to go to the pitch, we'll have to walk down from the bus, go through the dressing room, and literally go down the stairs uh, to the stadium. So I remember Carlos Alberto Barrera's uh, shoelaces were a bit loose, and uh, then the deputy uh, manager of Bafana Bafana Gugumarawa, uh, who I worked with very well. Uh, you know, I let her Jairo Leal, the assistant coach. And she said, Jairo, what kind of an assistant coach are you? Jokingly so. He said, why? Uh, She said, you can see your head coach in front of you. The shoelaces are loose. We are going down the stairs. If he steps on those shoelaces, he will fall very badly. And Jairo says, "Uh, Gugu, I've been working with this man for a very long time. I've been assistant to him for a very long time. I wish he could fall, so that I can take over the training sessions and matches one day and be head coach. So those were the nice moments we had. We had lots of fun, lots of lots of jokes. But uh, when it when it was down to business, we we worked very hard indeed.
2: And Doc, I would think you had to make some big decisions when it came to injuries and fitness before the squad was named, because everybody was anticipating love, the World love. Cup squad. Which would have been which would have been the toughest for you.
3: Uh, Many. Uh, But uh, I think the the tough one, which was also said news, was uh, this player that I will mention in a moment. Uh, Before the World Cup started, Carlos Alberto Pereira, you know, were very close as well. He said, Doc, uh, if we can have the defence rights, we'll go far in this World Cup. And if you can keep Morgan Gold's feet... And we have Aaron Mukwena, but please keep Morgan Gold fit. I need him for the World Cup. So that's how much he rated Morgan Gold. And come February 2010, you will remember the league finished quite early in 2010. Mm -hmm. Supersport, he was playing for Supersport then. They were champions the same year. Last match of the season, he jumped heading for a ball. I remember I was watching on TV obviously monitoring the players. He landed awkwardly from a jump, twisted his ankle, and while watching on TV at night, I could see the ankle is gone. And the following day, uh, Supersport medical team brought him to me for assessment, and uh, I had to confirm the injury. He had to go for surgery, and uh, you will remember that he ended up missing the World Cup. So I had to deliver the news to him in February that, uh, boy, uh, you have just damaged your ankle ligaments, you will be going for surgery, and unfortunately you won't recover in time for the World Cup, and he was out.
2: And that's how Matthew Booth came in.
3: And then that's how Matthew Booth came in. Well, another nice gentleman to work with.
2: So overall, uh,
3: we had a very good team, Uh, even though we had a lot of pressures that you are talking about. But uh, we had confidence uh, in the team. I mean, goalkeepers, we had Melan Kune, Munib Joseph, Shuai Waters. Mm. Defenders, we had Wongani Kumalo, Tsepo Masilela, Ron Mugwena, Anelengonga, Matthew Booth, as you said. Yeah, Wonga Lucas Twala, who do you leave out there? Yeah. Midfielders, Lance, Lance Davis, Kakisho Dikachi, Tandu, Yusek Kuponi, Renewle Littaloniana, Tekomodi, Surprise, Moriri, Steven Pinar, Macbeth, Sibaya from Rubin Kazan. Coincidentally, I was in Kazan last year, August or so. Yeah. Uh, Sintuwe Chabalala, Strikas, Kakek Umpela, Siabonganom who was playing for my team, Morocco Salos at the time, Bernard Parker, who was at FC20. So you can see the list that I, that I, I, I just gave you now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Though we had pressures, we knew that uh, we could handle it.
2: What about the decision to leave out Benny McCarthy? There were stories that he was overweight. Was that a medical decision or a coaching decision?
3: Absolutely not. Uh, ben, I know Benny McCarthy well. We know each other well. I had worked with him previously on many occasions. Remember, I was a team doctor for for the under-23 national team as well. So I knew most of these players uh, when they were still young. So no, there was no medical reason for him to be dropped. So it was obviously a technical uh, decision by the coaches.
2: And another big talking point, Doc, was Andy Lejali's heart condition. Were you part of that team that had to make that big decision?
3: Of course. Uh, as I said, there are many players. Uh, Morgan Gold is one of them. Uh, remember, you know, you talked about treasures earlier on, uh, leading up to the tournament. Uh, our job did not start in 2010. Our job started way before and part of our job is to make sure that we do uh, medical assessments uh, both way back before the tournament, uh, a few weeks before the tournament, during the tournament, and after the tournament. And uh, like Morgan Gold, others were dropped for medical reasons and so forth. So, so, so yes, we had to make the decisions, and any decision that needed a, a, a medical opinion, uh, I was definitely part of as chief uh, uh, of Wafana, Wafana medical staff.
2: How tough was the Andele Jali one? Because a lot of people were confused at what was going on. Even the player himself wasn't sure. Uh, no decision
3: is easy. Uh, you know. But but when you have got a good team of, of medical people around you and good team, we are talking about uh, medical staff from different PSL teams. I was liasing with all PSL teams in South Africa. And if you go back and ask, Uh, in terms of consultation, uh, if any team was left out, uh, no one will will, will tell you that they were left out. So any decision that was taken, I can tell you, Uh, though some decisions were tough, including Morgan Gold, including Andy Vigali, but when you have a good team of of medical people around you that you always consult with, it makes your life very easy. So any medical decision that was taken for any player, uh, it involved myself uh, as the as the medical uh, you know doctor for Bafana Bafana mm-hmm. and uh, and also the the medical staff of the of the player consent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that applies to before the match uh, during the match and after the match because you have to give a, a comprehensive report mm-hmm. after the match or tournament to each club.
2: Okay, that's Dr. Humbude, Dr. Ephraim Nematuerani taking us through some of the big decisions they had to make before the World Cup and also working with the Brazilians there, Carlos Alberto Parreira, um, Jairo Leal, and of course our uh, coach, Pizzo Musimane, who was also on the bench uh, there during the World Cup. So that's the first part. Now we want to look at the starting eleven and find out, I mean, when it came out, what did the journalists make of that starting eleven? What did Walter make of that starting eleven? Because he was anchoring this game uh, for Bafana, well, for SABC Sport, rather, um, the opening game of the 2010 FIFA World Cup, as well as uh, the final and many other games in between that. Because if I look at the team now, there are surely one or two surprises there. Uh, so we'll get the thoughts. And maybe you can tell us, what did you make of the Bafana Bafana uh, starting lineup? Were there any surprises there? Uh, for you in that Bafana Bafana squad, the docker did mention uh the squad, but um, the starting 11, of course, uh, it was Kune, it was Gakla, it was Aaron Mukwe, Nabongani Kumalo, Lucas Twala, yeah, yeah, uh, KGD Hajwe, Stephen Pinar, Tikumudise, Sipua Chabalala, as well as Katlehom Pila. So you can send us your voice notes to 061 4104 107. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. So then, let's see. Get the thoughts now of the man that anchored the opening game of the 2010 FIFA World Cup right here on SABC Sport, as well as the final and many other games between that. And uh, it's our honour to welcome on the line former SABC Sports presenter, Walter Mukwena. But Walter, good evening. Thanks again for speaking to us here on SAFM. So, uh, good evening and uh, good evening to the listeners of
0: SAFM.
2: I have so many questions for you, uh, people that have been tweeting, wanting to ask you questions. I'll get to those shortly. But do you remember who your panel was for that opening game?
0: <laughs> you know, um, I just asked my wife, she says, I don't remember, I hadn't even met you at that time. <laughs> because I, uh, you know, you, say, you see, old age, it kicks in. Um, I think for that, uh, we had... Uh, we had Steve compeller Uhhuh. I think we had with uh, Steve Compeller, We had, Compella, we, had uh, we had Dwight York.
2: Ah.
0: Uh, yeah. We had Steve compeller We had Dwight York. I can't remember who the third, the third person was. It wasn't Maxi. Could, could have been Max. I think it was Max
2: Maponya. Because we thought it was Maxi. But for you, I mean, Walter Mukwena as an experienced anchor, broadcaster, how big a moment was it for you? Or how big is it in your career highlights to be able to host the opening game as well as the final of the World Cup?
0: You know, so it's like a blockbuster movie and you get the leading role. You become the, the star of uh, a Hollywood blockbuster movie uh, because... <clears throat> This was really the ultimate. Uh, if you are in broadcasting and you do sports and you do football, uh, the ultimate uh, broadcast would be for me, other than the hosting of the host nation announcement of the 2010 FIFA World Cup, which was on, which was 2004 on the 15th of May. I anchored mm. that live from Bordeaux. Mm. So doing the the opening of the World Cup even beat that. Uh, in terms of uh, the stature. So, it's, I, I, you know, you have nerves, but uh, you just realize this is a big moment. Um, everybody's watching, over 10 million viewers. Uh, this is the moment, and uh, you got to make it happen. Your own country is playing. And uh, it was, just, I remember it as if it was yesterday. It was such a, a nostalgic moment. And um, yeah, I, I look back now and I say how lucky I was.
2: And and for a big moment like that, well, Tamuquena, do you just prepare for the game? Do you have to prepare more than just about the game? You have to know what's happening in the opening ceremony also.
0: Well, I mean, obviously, it's um, it's not just about the game. The game is uh, is uh, is part of the opening ceremony. And and remember what had happened at the time. I mean, SAPC had outsourced the production uh, to a team of call it experts from TV production who came from the UK who had been working for your Sky or BBC. So it was it was a mammoth production. That a couple of days leading up to that, the day before, uh, it was such a, a, a massive build-up. But um, yeah, you, you basically have to know everything that's happening there. Go through the running order, and uh, yeah, I mean it's a, a game. It's it's a, it's a bit like um, you know Alex Ferguson is saying that you know you have to play the game and not the occasion. Mm. So for me, I always focus on. What is the most important thing here? First is that uh, this is a moment; it's a historic moment. Is to enjoy it. Uh, the preparation is done if you've done it, because to prepare for a game like that, you prepare a few weeks and even in some cases a couple of months before before you even know that you will be selected to host the opening of the World Cup. You know, so you just prepare in case. You know, <laughs> um, you know. Obviously, when when you get selected, then you know you're ready. You don't prepare the a week before. and that week, you're polishing your your notes and all of them.
2: Do you remember your reaction to the starting lineup when it came <laughs> out? Lucas Twala, Pinar Mudise, Chabala Lampela. Do you remember your reaction and were there any surprises for you
0: there? Not really surprises. I mean, um, because you, you, you could see, I mean, we're also obviously broadcasting the the build-up to the uh, I done the Concert Cup the previous year, so the look and feel of the team was starting to be similar. And at the time, I was very close with the then coach Carlos Alberto Pajera, so I have spent many you know uh, hours you know just chatting about football. In fact, he asked me to buy a book ah. which he for him, which he later used to motivate the team. He I didn't know a book like that ex- existed. It was he said to me, "There's a book of Michael Jordan." He had read it in Portuguese when he was in Brazil. And it's called, I Can't Accept Not Trying. And uh, I ordered that book. It was a month before the World Cup. It arrived on Amazon. I ordered four copies. I kept one for myself. I gave two for him and I gave one to a friend. But, you know, so he was using that. But I got to understand how he wanted the team to play. And uh, he wasn't going to make major changes in the team unless he had uh, serious injuries. So there was no real surprise.
2: And what did you make of how the team played then against Mexico? Because we heard from Kune earlier today, he believes they were very shaky in the second half and they only got better after Shaba scored.
0: You know what? Um, actually, uh, South Africa uh, was one of the unluckiest hosts in the history of the FIFA World Cup. I thought so after the draw. Because, the, you know, a, a, a country like, like Mexico, the, the, you go, can go and check most of the World Cups. The host nation always gets like, a, and also running. Uh, it's it also running global terms. The stature. You don't, you don't get to play against a Mexico in your opening game. I don't care if you're Germany, if you're Brazil, if you're England, if you're Italy or France. You don't play a team like a Mexico, uh, which could have easily been the top 20 in the world at the time. You don't. I mean, it's uh, so. So I felt that from that perspective, we're lucky, mm. and then we're unlucky. Because also when you looked at the group, we also had a former champion in Uruguay. Mm-hmm. So how come there's a host nation, because for me, I thought this is travesty. It's never happened in the history of the FIFA World Cup that a host nation has, has, we had France, right? A, 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 a 1998 winner at the time and a 20, €2,000 Euro winner at the time and when they came to South Africa before they won the World Cup now. So you had France, you had Uruguay, you had Mexico. I mean, I mean, that for me was like, the the odds really were stacked against South Africa. Not only were we unlucky, we also had bad luck. You remember the game, the next game, Kuna got a red card against yes. Mexico, and then and, and we fell apart. But, I mean, for the experience, uh, it was great. But I knew that Mexico, remember the time that Rafael Marquez, mm. who was playing for Barcelona, they had uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, they had Carlos Vela, mm. uh, who later played for Arsenal. So, very difficult. You know, Hernandez, Ticharito, also another player. So, to play against a team like that, Um, In the opening of the World Cup, I mean, yeah, it's always going to be difficult.
2: On that note, then, what do you say to those who say that we are celebrating mediocrity because Bafana didn't get out of the group stages, even though they drew with Mexico and beat France?
0: But that's the point I'm making. We were one of the unluckiest World Cup hosts in the history of the World Cup. You can go and check. There's not a chance that we have. In fact, in 1998, they've won that World Cup France that they hosted and won. Mm. Do you know who they had them in their group? They had debutants like us. They had South Africa, right? They had Saudi Arabia. They had Denmark. So that is how actually these things are put, you know, to give the host nation a chance of imagine, even if they start poorly. So you, you take of a country like, I'm using that as an example of France. If you look at who they had, you can also go and check in and look at even in Russia, at, at the previous World Cup. Mm. It just doesn't happen that... Off the starting block, you're playing against two former world champions. It's, so I don't. Yes, we could have done better because, I mean, against France, because I did all three Bafana Bafana games. The mm-hmm. game against France, which was uh, in Free State uh, in bloomfontein we we had we had a chance where I think Shabalala had a chance one on one with uh, Loris, mm. and uh, Loris pulled on the save and Pella as well. We just needed a goal to get through. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, it was too little, too late. But we we're so close. We were really so close, you know, to beating France. We, we should have beaten them because, remember, they were striking. Remember the yes, scandal yes. of Nice when Patrice Evra, you know, submitted the the list of grievances and they refused to trade. So France were were there for the taking. We should have beaten them. But, again, we weren't good enough to, to emerge out of this group. And, you know, you... You, you can talk about all the factors, but we're good enough. I don't think we're celebrating mediocrity. We're celebrating a historic uh, moment in the history of, our, of South Africa and the history of the African continent, where for the very first time, um, South Africa and the continent had the pleasure of hosting, you know, a, a World Cup. And uh, to host the World Cup in our country on the continent to show them the capabilities of this country, I think there were many positive things that came out of the World Cup.
2: The other positive is that apparently it was the debut also of a certain Miss Bonang there at SABC <coughs> Sport during this <coughs> World Cup.
0: You know, you know, <laughs> you know we all start somewhere Davison. We mm. all start somewhere. <laughs> In fact, so Bonang I think was doing the magazine show. I think I think she must have been doing that with with, with Trevor Noah. I mean Trevor Noah was a young up and coming guy at the time. And 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 I remember that Actually, when I met the Bonang, she was just doing the music show and she wasn't the power she is today. 10 years ago and she was a bit shy, you know, the dressing room. And of course, you know, you've got the big guns, it's, it's myself, Dwight York, you have Paul Ince, you have uh, all the superstars globally. Mm. In fact, she hosted my farewell show, which was the day before the World Cup final, because I told S.A.B.C. In fact, it was the first time, so that I never honored my contract to the end. Hmm. Because, you know, the SABC contract, they start 1 April, right? Yes, yes. So yes. I said, that I can't say a full 12 months because I'm going relocating to go and live in France uh-huh. at the end of the World Cup. So I said, I'm only going to sign this contract just for to work for four months because at the end of July, I'm going to have to, to leave. And I remember that after I was confirmed to, to host also the final, which was Spain and, and, and Netherlands, I remember the head of production said, production manager at the time, Dan Stanton said, are you sure you are leaving after the final? I said, yes. Then Bonang was asked to, to host a farewell show, which was an hour, and call us, called in, and yeah, the whole story. So that's basically what happened with Bonang on the, the day before the final.
2: And an unknown Trevor Noah at the time. Ma- you know, Tre-
0: Trevor, yes? Trevor and I, we, we were not a little, you know, uh, young stars. I was 32 years old at the time. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and Trevor, of course, he was this up-and-coming guy and um, uh, he'd do the breakfast show, you know, I think it was good morning and dance or something like that. And then after that, he would go and wait for me at the African Pride or in Melrose and say, hey, Bruh, when are you getting here? You know, we need to hook up. Man, I need some manpower. Hey, don't repeat this 10 years later now. So I would, and I would like, hey, talented young men and all of it and very and funny enough actually we lost made contact with Trevor Noah then, that was because I then relocated I went to live in Paris mm. then he subsequently exploded in South Africa he became mm. the superstar and uh, and we lost touch. but I, 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 if, when I see him again I remind me. remember when I was more famous than you <laughs> and when I used to wait for me and I say, no listen just wait there I'm coming with Dwight here. just chill let everybody to relax there we want going to come and join but it was it was mm. fun and games, you know, we were a little bit younger than, 10 years younger than we are. But it was all just lovely. We all start somewhere. You last know
2: one, last one before we speak to you. Yeah, yeah, somebody wants to know if you are still going compared to your chica.
0: <laughs> you know, um, I, 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 I last went there before the lockdown. But since, uh, you know, it's inter-provincial travel, is not allowed. So I suppose I'm going to have to wait all the way until the... The lockdown is uh, is
2: lifted. <laughs> Great storytelling there, Mr. Walter Buqueda. People enjoying it on social media, on uh, Twitter. Who is this? Zico Smith says, Wow, pra Walter is coming with some info that never ever crossed my mind there. Hearing it from the anchor's point of view. Let's move right along. And we've got uh, on the line one of the starting members of that Bafana Bafana team against Mexico 10 years ago to this day, Rinole Litsoloniane, who joins us on the line. Good evening, yeah. Thanks for speaking to us tonight it how's it? Fine man, thanks. Yeah, yeah. What what goes through your mind when we celebrate World Cup twenty ten? Ten years later. What what emotions do you go through or memories?
4: You're right. It it's like it happened just yesterday. Uh ten years later. Uh all those memories, of of uh what happened during uh, obviously the day uh, the first you know, game and during the game,
2: the goal, the celebration.
4: Uh, it all like comes back in J as it happened to my man.
2: Uh, and before that, I mean, when were you guys told about the starting eleven? Were you expecting to be in the start in the starting eleven? We we were told
4: the day before yesterday uh, about uh, the starting eleven. So I went to bed on the tenth, knowing what the next day I'm starting. So mm. you know what I I must I must sleep early, and
2: so that I can wake up for this
4: and then be ready for the game.
2: And as a player do you prefer it like that to go to bed knowing if you're playing or do you want to hear it on match day Yeah I mean I prefer
4: hearing uh before the game before the uh, day before the game
2: mm.
4: uh so that I can I can prepare myself uh, mentally physically uh I know what is, uh tomorrow I'm starting and then yeah, I can, like I prepare myself better mm. when I know what is, tomorrow I'm starting or not
2: and the night before that game, when you knew you were playing, I mean, was it like any other normal night before a match for you, or was there anything different?
4: Yeah, it was. It was like a normal, a normal uh,
2: day before game situation. Uh, there's not nothing
4: much or no much that you you could do uh, at that time because one, it's the same same setup. Yeah, yeah, campo, and it's the same setup where you you go to the team meeting before you have your dinner with the team. Mm. Uh, and then from more, you go to your home. So it it becomes the same same routine, and then you have the same. Nothing had, had changed but
2: You said on Twitter today that a moment of a lifetime, a dream that became a reality, a typical example of a black child's dream being valid, a confirmation of life's possibilities, a moment where one nation, one goal, meant exactly that, a day that will never, never be forgotten. <laughs> now, as a Soweto boy, how special then was it playing that game at Soccer City, opening game of the World Cup? And also there were two other boys from Soweto in that midfield. Tiko was there, Shaba was there.
4: Yeah. Yo, it it was it was extra special. In the year one we are playing in Soweto, Soccer City, World Cup is in South Africa. Uh and then my obviously my childhood dream uh as and was to play in the world cup and at that moment the reality uh so that means the dream uh, that that I had it has now become became a, a reality and I'm living that dream at that time.
2: And looking at the game, yeah yeah how did you see the game, maybe before the first goal? We heard from Itu earlier today. He was saying that maybe the team hadn't settled in the first half. Do you agree?
4: Yeah, with the first 15-20 minutes, you, uh, Itu had to to make a save, uh two or three saves. Uh, and, and I think people did something, Yana, with the ball after 20-25 minutes, Yana. And then the Rosellas and the crowd started obviously cheering after that. Because they did that. And we started getting back uh, to the into the game. We got better, and then I think we we played like our best our best football at the second half. Even before we scored uh, uh, that goal, I think that's when we 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 played uh, our best football.
2: And what do you remember about that goal? Is somebody who was on the field actually? You were part of the move because Mbazo won the intercept. I think he gave it to you, and you gave it to KGO. Oh. Just take us through that, yeah, yeah.
4: It, it was, it was everything that we we've, we we have been doing uh, as training from the camp here yeah, Brazil to the camp here, yeah, in oh. and then the last camp here yeah, before they named the the twenty-three-man squad. So it, it has been all, all the work, yeah, yeah. I'm it throughout uh, all the camps. Uh, if if you saw uh, the video or the game again. When, when Mexico had the ball all we did was uh, to try and, and get behind the ball and allow them to play in front of us uh, and then if you you, you could see after the video at some point we had uh, five in the same li- in the same line as, as defenders mm. uh, and then the midfielders were dropping back as well so that Mexico can can, can make those false passes uh, and and we can uh, intercept and that's what happened uh we, we tried to deny them space so that they can force to play uh, difficult passes. Bazo uh blocked the ball. It fell uh to me, onto me and then KG was, was obviously uh giving me an angle to, to, to pass him, gave him the ball. Uh he played one two with Killer uh, as a striker who was also dropping uh to, to keep the team contact. Oh. And then as they were playing the combination, uh, Shaba started his run. Because that, that's something that we've, we've planned. Uh, we've been doing uh, at training all the time. We, we keep uh, ourselves as, as a block. We, we allow them to play in front of us. And when we get the ball, we catch them on a transition.
2: Ah, oh, sounds like a plan. Because even Shaba was talking about it on SAPC TV today. Exactly how you described it—that it seemed like a plan. I know you are a family man. As 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 a family, are you big on this day? Do you celebrate it? Do you tell the key your kids about this day? Uh, did you do anything today? Yeah, we 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 didn't do anything
4: like today. But but uh, my daughter, she's obviously on social media as well, and then she she knows uh she sees whats what's what's the past and what's happening and and mm-hmm. my is still uh, eight years and then she he wasn't obviously there but but i I tell him and I, and then we we see we watch uh the game again on t v so that mm-hmm. they, they get to understand and see what uh the is all about and 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 the madam was obviously working today, and she was doing uh, the same celebration corresponding
2: from that. Ah, that is wonderful. We have to share these memories with our kids here, yeah, and I'm glad you're doing that. Thanks for speaking to us. We have to move on because we've got your captain on the line, Aaron Mukwena, but thanks for sharing your memories here, yeah, and and, uh, we will never forget you.
4: No problem at all. Thank you for having me.
2: Thank you. And now let's go to the skipper himself, Aaron Mukwena, captain, my captain. Good evening, skipper. Thank you for speaking to us tonight on SAFM.
0: Uh, Thank you
2: so <laughs> good, good evening. Good evening. As a leader of the troops, Aaron Mukwena, I mean, for you, w- what emotions do you go through when we celebrate World Cup 2010 in South Africa?
0: Well, um, it feels like yesterday. You know, um, uh, it feels like um, at least I've been part of, uh, of 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 changing South Africa in a way. If you know what I mean, I mm-hmm. mean, um, ten years ago, I've um uh, what actually I've realized is that uh, uh South Africa is a different South Africa compared to ten years ago. You know, um, the World Cup that we have hosted. I remember before that World Cup I had about close to four hundred international interviews um people asking how is South Africa when we come to South Africa would would we um, are we going to be safe? Are we living with animals? So clearly, people do know much about South Africa. Oh. So um, some came to South Africa; they have experienced South Africa, and some have stayed in South Africa. Some are still coming for tourists uh, for tourists to tour South Africa. Some have invested in South Africa. Infrastructure in South Africa is quite, um,
2: you know, different.
0: Um, so yeah, um, I feel I feel that um, I have made a difference in South Africa.
2: You definitely did, and and I mean, as somebody who's played around the world, Mbazo, you've played in Holland, you've played in Germany, you've played in Belgium, you've played in England. Where does 2010 World Cup rank for you?
0: Um Look, um, me, so there is no chance that we can compare um, uh, World Cup with uh, with other events or with the countries that I have played. I mean, um, as correctly said, I played um i thought play, playing at um in FA Cup final it's um it was the highest stage but um being part of the world cup especially the world cup um at home um you know nothing beat that um i, I have played in the world cup 2002 in japan and korea but i tell you what uh, 2010 world cup at home um i don't think there's any any event that will beat that um in my career
2: How do you describe the squad that you were were leading? I mean, there were some local players, there were experienced players. Just uh, what would you say was the theme of the squad or the mood in the squad during this tournament?
0: I mean, unity was in the locker room, you know. Um, Energy, um, uh, players who were, um, you know, looking forward actually to be part and parcel of this opportunity in twenty ten World Cup. Um, Players that um, were... Um, we're actually uh, prepared to work hard um, to to do well at the World Cup. Um, inexperienced players, some of some of our players were inexperienced in terms of um, that occasion. I remember myself, uh, Macbeth Sibaya, uh, Stephen Pina um, were the only players that have um, have experienced the. Sort of an occasion. I mean, we're in 2002 World Cup Japan and Korea, so most of um, of the players never been in the World Cup before. So um, we had a we had an inexperienced um, you know uh, squad. And you look at the group that we um, were drawn um, in. I mean, we had Mexico, Uruguay, and we had um, France. I mean, three countries that I that I that I that that have big um, big history in, um, in 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 World Cup. So um, um, I, I honestly think that we we have done ourselves proud. We have done South Africa proud. I mean, you look at the history of the World Cup: four points, five goals. Normally, you got you got to go get through to to the next round. But unfortunately, um, to show that we're in a difficult group, it didn't happen for us.
2: And that's what I wanted to ask. Do you feel that you made the country proud because some people are disappointed by Fana didn't get out of the group, but you've mentioned you were in a group with two former World Cup winners and Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um,
0: you know, the thing is, uh, uh, we know actually South Africans um, are passionate. South Africans love their football. And um, we had high expectations. And obviously, uh, people um, thought that the squad that we have assembled, we have assembled as we have played, I think 12 games prior to, to the world cup. We actually, we, we, we never had, um, a, a, a lose in those 12 games. So, um, we have raised actually high hopes for people. And they thought that, um, um, 2010, actually, we, we, uh, we actually, we had a chance to go through and do well. Um, but um, like as I'm saying, having been, a part, you know, having been part and parcel of 2002 World Cup in Japan and Korea, um, at the same, I mean, the same World Cup 2002, kid we had same points. We had four points, I think. Um, we had four points, five goals. So, um, uh, but this one, it was, it was, it was actually a punch in a in the stomach because um, we felt that. Um, you know, having those four points in that group, um, we had a possibility. So, um, yeah, it didn't happen. And I know that uh, some people would think that, um, you know, uh, we disappointed them. But truly speaking, I think the boys done uh, the country proud.
2: How do you remember the trip to the stadium before that first game against Mexico? What do you remember just about those moments before the game? Because Coach Pizzo Musimane once told us that Macbeth Sebaya was crying in the, in the warm-up. <laughs>
0: Um i remember dri- driving you know to the stadium we we actually didn't we never even you know um think about the game We were singing from the from the hotel to get to the to the stadium only when we got to the stadium um as we were about to you know uh to to get out of the coach we we actually had especially myself i had you know this sort of a bees Type of a sound, mm. um, and those are vocal sellers. But then I was so anxious to to get to see, you know, in in the stadium actually what um, the the capacity, what the environment is like. Um, we got to the dressing room, got dressed, uh, lined up in the t- on the tunnel. Um, that's what actually struck me most. What struck me most was to see. Um, Emotions among the guys um if you can watch that clip again there's there's a point where we're singing, but I turned my back to look at the boys. I mm-hmm. just wanted actually to see um their faces actually how 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 are they are they ready or what but we are all singing, but you see that uh, you know uh, the singing that we we had in the in the in the coach and the singing that we had. Uh, by the tunnel, it was totally different. I could see, actually, there there was uh, emotions in it, there was a nerve wreck in it. So, yeah, it was quite um, interesting. Then as much, as as we were were about to line up for a national anthem, then we thought, um, yeah, now this is the moment of the truth, you know? Um, But uh, for me, actually, I just... Um, it took long basically. it took long. I just wanted to get my myself tackle in. I just wanted to get my, <laughs> my first header in you know yeah. um but eventually first whistle went um then um, yeah, to with his goal, gave everyone a hope i mean we just uh, as players, we felt that um we actually we can get something out of out of this this World cup not not out of the game against Mexico but out of this World cup um yeah, so it was absolutely. Exciting, like as I said, I mean, I don't see any um, any event or, um, let's say in my career, there is no event or uh, game that I can say will be that, um, uh, the 2010
2: event. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, but don't underplay your role in the build up to that goal, captain, because you won that ball that led to the goal at SAFM
0: radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter.
2: Still talking to the skipper, Aaron Mukwena. I mentioned your role in the build-up to the first goal, um, Mbazo, but a lot was said when Mexico equalized. How disappointed were you that they equalized uh, uh, soon after? And also, a lot of people say you stayed behind, but you had said the boys must move up.
0: Teresa, you know, I don't think um, uh, I have to comment on that. I mean, um, um, you look at where the build-up, especially the build-up from Mexico, where where it started. um, uh, I mean, we worked on 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 such on where to keep the line in a uh, training. So um, uh, I I wouldn't say I'm, I'm the one who said we should uh, we should push up. I don't know who said that, but I, anyway, um, mistake does happen in football, and it happened that uh, you know Mexico equalized. But I think uh, what I can really talk more about is. Uh, yeah, the goal, uh, the Shaba goal.
2: You were uh, involved.
0: You, you, but you know how it is. I mean, you know, as defenders, unfortunately, people see the mistakes, but they don't see the good things that you do, the mm-hmm. interceptions that you do. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, well, uh, we worked on transition at training with, um, you know, with uh, Carlos Pereira. Um, the only thing that actually we, he emphasized on is uh, to play the ball forward. And intercepting that ball, you know, uh, a couple of touches till till it gets to Kakiso Dukhashu. And that, um, you know, uh, pass to to um on the left, um, it showed that um, uh, we worked on that so many times at training, transition. I mean, he always said transition, transi- transition. You would absolutely fight with us when you play a, a back pass. So, yeah, that uh, that goal actually... Um, from where it started to um, to the end, which is that beautiful goal. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it gave really gave everyone a, a, a hope.
2: Does it hurt you that sometimes you're being made the scapegoat for Bafana Bafana, even though you went and played over 100 matches for the country that you kept in? And I said it on the show the other day that this is one of our greatest players ever, regardless of what people think, but some don't agree.
0: Yeah, you know I um, um, I said this before um uh I said, you know uh, once once you have played for Orlando Pirates Kaiser of and Sundowns uh, yeah you you always become a, a darling to other people but unfortunately some have played for Jomo Cosmos but anyway um the fact that uh, one have um, have played over 100, 100 caps um are always uh, always say what what that's supposed to mean, uh, and I'm talking about playing under um, good managers. You know, managers that wouldn't wouldn't do any any footballer a favor. Mm. What that's supposed to mean, and um, having played at the Olympics, having played FA Cup final, having played 2002 um, World Cup in Japan and Korea, what that's supposed to. Uh, supposed to me supposed to mean so it um it answers all the questions and um having played in Europe having played in uh, in big clubs and have kept have captained two two teams internationally what's what that supposed to mean so um and again having played at Ajax Amsterdam. So um yeah that answers um the questions and um you know a person who uh who have the the knowledge of football, and a, 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 an intelligent person who's who's not biased uh, would would get what I'm saying.
2: And we get what you're saying. Bazo, and you've got the freedom of London too. Thank you very much for speaking to us tonight and reliving, reliving those memories of 2010, uh, Captain, my captain.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. Thank you for yes, being okay. available to speak. Okay. I know it's a busy okay. day, but you're available to speak and we appreciate it. That's Mbazo Mukwena. And we're going to end the show by just hearing from a French journalist. We can't get hold of Kela Katla Kompela. Apologies for that. wanted to ask him about that ball that hit the post. But I caught up with the French-based journalist uh, Thomas La Condomene earlier today. He was here for uh, for the World Cup 2010. I asked him about his experiences in South Africa.
5: I left South Africa with um, wonderful memories. It, it was amazing, everything was amazing. To be honest, it's probably my best experience in my entire life. Um, so I enjoyed um, so much things, the, um, the, the landscapes, the, the people, uh, all the games uh, I, I watched, and uh, uh, of course the stadium. Um, I, I, uh, I, I had the, the chance to, to see eight games. Uh, f- six in Cape Town, uh, one in Blomfontein, and one in Port-, Port Elizabeth. And what did you make of the people, Thomas? Yes, I met a lot of people uh, in South Africa—black, white, coloured—and and I saw that uh, uh, all these people uh, could uh, live together. I-, I wasn't sure before I came uh, uh, that uh, it was like that. Uh, we. We spoke about the Rambo Nation, but uh, I didn't know what it means exactly. And, and, and I saw that. I saw that uh, it was a reality that people could live together.
2: Okay, thanks for that. Uh, Thomas uh, caught up with him earlier on. French-based journalist. He writes for Le Quip, the sports publication there in France. We've got a minute left, and I think it's only right that we include all the participants and the players of the 2010 FIFA World Cup. So we'll let this man end the show for us. What is special
0: about the president of FIFA? is that even at a point when there were skeptics who were saying, this cannot happen, he said, it will happen. Even when we started to build stadiums, etc., people said, not in Africa, and asked him to prepare for what they call Plan B, which would be the country that will then have to take over They even said maybe Australia or Brazil because people didn't believe we could do it. And yes, we have done it. This has been a wonderful tournament.
2: Thank you. It's been a wonderful show too. Goodbye.